No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Hey, welcome back, Flex Bros. Uh, we, we're out for a couple of days catching up on all this free agency and doing some prep for the next show. And uh, I, I'm actually excited because there's some breaking news that I don't know, Tom. I, I don't know if he knows about it or not. Um, so there's two things. So one, Tom, did you see the Deshaun Watson trade that just went through? I did not. Where, where's he uh, going? Uh, take a guess. New England? Yep. No way. Yeah, and the the second thing is uh it's it's April Fool's Day, so oh, that's dang actually it. it's not not real at all. You, you, you got me. I, yeah. I, I just opened the sleeper app to see if uh, <laughs> what what kind of a deal it was. <laughs> yeah, there's uh there's no Deshaun Watson trades, but I saw it was April Fool's Day, so I had had to get you. Yeah, you so. you you definitely got me. That that was gonna be great for a couple of my leagues. Yeah, that would have uh, that would have broken the internet, but I I think it's it's possible that Watson gets trade traded. I saw uh, somebody projected that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings two first get uh, traded from Spielman over to uh, Houston, and uh, I don't know if, if Spielman would do that. I, I don't know how much he values what Watson brings to the table, um, but he's luckily for the Vikings, uh, he's one of the better GMs, so. I, I think the possibility of that is out there, but I think after what Bill O'Brien's been doing, I think he's hesitant to uh, trade anybody that uh, might might cause him to lose his job now. So he's probably just going to go all in on, on on Watson at this point. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see see Watson moving at all, but but like you said, with the Hopkins trade, I mean, all, all, all bets are off. Anything can happen. Yeah. Well, I wanted to focus on tight ends on this show. Um, we, we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about tight ends, but in dynasty, it's, it's important that you, you load up your roster, especially if you've got a deep bench, uh, with at least just one or two young tight ends, because there's a lot of myths out there that say it takes three or four seasons, um, for tight ends to break out. So I actually did a ton of research this, uh, last weekend, I pulled up a lot of stats from the previous five years and, uh, went over some averages so if you're interested, I can kind of go over some of the highlights of what I found and then also um, highlight a couple of younger guys that are going to have some opportunities that, that might be rostered. Um, but even if they're rostered by somebody else, this might be a good time to uh, put out a trade offer and just see. Uh, we've talked a lot about second-round picks, and I think, I think second-round picks might be appropriate for some of these guys. So that sounds like a plan. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Let's let's get into it. I'm I'm excited to talk about a couple of couple of these guys. Okay, awesome. Well, la- last year was our 2019 season, and I just want to go back one previous year, 2018. Uh, anybody that had Travis Kelsey that season, I hope that you didn't take it for granted. In full point scoring, he was averaging 18.9 points per game, so almost 20 points a game uh, for a tight end. Uh, Gronkowski, the previous couple of years, he had 17 and a half and 18. So let's just take a moment to realize how good Travis Kelsey is. And I know he's going into his age 30 season, but I, I don't care. We've seen tight ends, uh, Jason Witten, of course, uh, and we'll get into him later. But we've seen tight ends stay relevant for a really long time. And he's going to be catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. Um, and he, he puts it on him perfectly, especially in the red zone. So 
Uh, we don't need to go too much into Travis Kelsey, but I, I just want to point out anybody that takes him, e- even in like the second round, early second round in the startup of Dynasty, um, I've I've won a handful of championships. Well, just two, but from those two championships, I always was rostering uh, a top tight end, and that's kind of why I wanted to get into um, some some of the the deeper dives. That's on that's a pretty ends. small handful. Yeah, yeah. Dude, well, my, my hands are very big, so uh, if I if I win a third one, then I'm going to have to um, figure out where where to place that one. Yeah. Well, there uh-huh. must be be two two big two uh, pretty big trophies. So yeah, you get, you, get, you get one for each hand. That's what it was, yeah. And it, I'm a generous guy too, so I like to uh, I like to share the love and not not just scare everybody off and win every season. Uh, but so one of the main things that I realized, uh, which shouldn't be much of a surprise because it's the same thing for wide receivers, but targets per game, that's that's really important. Um, looking back at the last three or four years, uh, the top tight ends they receive almost eight targets per game. And when you think of tight ends, there's a lot of tight ends that, that produce by scoring touchdowns, and they're usually just getting four or five targets a game. So uh, the NFL, obviously, we know the last few seasons it's been evolving. Uh, we, we probably can't think of Antonio Gates or Jimmy Graham or any of those guys without thinking about their ex-basketball uh, careers, but that's really the route that they're going. So you even look at guys like Evan Ingram. Um, he came in with a basketball career. I'm not going to look into George Kittle. I know he's got the WWE background, um, so I'm not going to assume that he played basketball, but I'd I'd assume you could probably throw up a dunk or two to him. Uh, So targets is going to be huge. Um, But after that catch percentage also, uh, this last season, the the top five uh, tight ends, they averaged 73% uh, catch percentage based on the the previous few seasons, it was at uh, 66%. Um, And that that goes all the way back to 2016. So we want guys that are getting um, high volume of targets, but also guys that can actually catch the ball. So we don't want Eric Ebron. Uh, I know Jared Cook had a, a, he's had a couple of good seasons, but generally he hasn't been a high percentage uh, pass catcher. Uh, So moving past those, those, uh, targets and then catch percentage one thing that really stood out to me which i don't know if it would surprise you but it surprises me uh going back all the way to 2015 there's only been one season where the uh, top five quarterbacks their quarterback uh fantasy rank is outside of qb1 uh, so sorry i'm throwing a lot of numbers out there but basically um, last season George uh, Kittle, uh, he was catching passes from uh, Garoppolo, and he finished as QB 14. And then Waller uh, finished as tight end five, and he was catching passes from Derek Carr. Uh, Similarly, the previous season, uh, George Kittle, he was catching passes from an average of quarterback 14, and Jared Cook was catching passes from uh, Derek Carr with uh, Carr coming out as QB 18. So that that's actually two seasons that Carr has really elevated um, quarterbacks or tight ends. But besides that, uh, we've got Travis Kelsey catching passes from Mahomes, um, Ertz from uh, Wentz, and then Mark Andrews from the number one quarterback. 
Lamar Miller or Lamar Jackson. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> um, and then, so the previous year, uh, go back another season, uh, Travis Kelsey catching passes from um, Patrick Mahomes, Ertz from Wentz, and Kittle, like I mentioned, uh, from the average uh, QB 14. But then Eric Ebron from Andrew Luck. Uh, and go back to 2017, you got Gronk from Brady at QB 3. Uh, Travis Kelsey, that was actually Alex Smith when he finished his QB four, and then Zach Ertz when Wentz had his really strong season as QB five. So, a, a, a handful of things that I'm looking at uh, targets continue to go up for the top guys, uh, but it's that catch percentage, and then their quarterback's fantasy rank really elevates them too. So, if they're getting a lot of targets, but it's not from one of those high quality quarterbacks. Um, those targets are not going to be as valuable. They're not going to be catching as many uh, touchdowns, but then their average depth of target dramatically drops. So now that I went on a five-minute rant with a lot of numbers for you, anything jump out so far? Well, I, I, th- I think all that um, kind of makes sense because these, these quarterbacks being as elite as they are, th- these are teams that are in, in the red zone, and that's kind of where a lot of the, like you were saying, that the tight ends make their money is – those uh those those short passes that that turn into touchdowns. So I th- I think that makes sense. You, there there there's so many years where um the the Patriots it's uh, third and goal and they could just um put Gronk out by himself and go up and get it. And Ertz has always been Wentz's uh favorite target in the the red zone as well. Um and then and then yeah uh, Kelsey there with uh um being uh Mahomes uh safety blanket. So that that's uh yeah I, I think that that all that all makes sense. So it's kind of like having having running backs on on good teams that you you also want the uh, the tight end that's that has has an elite quarterback. Yeah. Um. So going back to elite numbers now, um. I I went back so all these top tight ends. I wanted to see what year they had their professional breakout. Uh. So. 2019 for example we got travis kelsey he broke out year two george kittle was year two zach Ertz was three mark andrews was two and then darren waller was four uh, but we all know darren waller has a little bit of a history of being on and off the field uh, so even if we keep that at four the average breakout is two and a half uh, and then going back a couple of seasons well 2018 the average is three and 2017 the average is two because uh, you got Evan Ingram coming in his rookie season and not having any competition for um, Eli to deliver the ball to him. And I, I will say Eli finished as QB 22. So that brought that uh, fantasy average down. But he uh, the, the QB finish um, for those pass catching tight ends was still uh, 10.4. So still a QB one number, even with Eli uh, just barely finishing as a QB two. Uh, and that's because you had Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz all catching passes from the overall QB three, four, and five. So once again, just showing how the elite quarterback really elevates uh, the tight ends. So all all this to say, back to rostering young tight ends, uh, it really looks like a lot of these guys, they break out year two and year three. So I had some shares of Mark Andrews last season. I, I know you did too. Uh, unfortunately for me, Darren Waller was one of those guys. He was getting the uh, preseason hype. 
I add I added him and dropped him in a few leagues, and so I I didn't end up with any shares of him. But any of these guys that you hear, I mean, you're going to hear hype for every tight end. But if you've got space on the end of your roster, if they're going into their second or third season, if if you like what you see, um, I, I'd say just just hold that lottery ticket because uh, I, I know you won a championship this last year and you had Mark Andrews as well. So uh, a lot a lot of times people will tell you that tight ends don't matter, but I'm going to 100% disagree. If if you've got one of those top three guys, you've got an advantage pretty much every week, and, and you probably know that they, they do matter. What yeah, you- and, and and to speak of that that dynasty league um, that I had, Mark Andrews, the the guy that I um, only beat by two points, also had Jared Cook, and Cook and Andrews both had multi touchdowns in, in week sixteen. So the, I, I I completely agree with uh, with you that that the tight end position matters a lot more than than uh, than some people think. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's been cool to see. I'm um, just looking at these last five years, how the top tight ends, their targets have, their just overall targets have gone up as well as their ca- uh, catch percentage. So I, I think in a season or two, people are going to start to catch up and they'll start to value these guys a little bit higher. Uh, I just joined a tight end premium dynasty league. Uh, and so I think the tight end premium, it's, it's pretty fun because then these guys that uh, you, you typically wouldn't reach on, uh, you get a, a little bit more of an advantage now if you have, Kittle or Ertz uh, or any of those other top guys. But I, I think those leagues might actually become extinct a little bit sooner than later as the, the tight ends start start to catch up. We, we just need to see a little bit more fantasy-relevant tight ends so that there's more than just uh, three guys. I think last year you were pretty happy if you had Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, or Andrews. So I'm really hoping that Hawkinson or Fant or one of those guys can step up or uh, Irv Smith. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Irv Smith. Yeah, he's another guy I just traded for going into his second season. Uh, I think he's he'll have a great opportunity, uh, whether or not um, that means that Kyle Rudolph uh, doesn't see as many targets, or he just got that big contract extension last season. I, I think Rudolph could be somebody that the Vikings are going to have to ship out. Uh, they let Diggs go, and I think they're still pretty strapped for cash. So yeah. they. If uh, Irv Smith takes that step forward, I think we could see Rudolph getting traded to a contender. Maybe he goes to the Bucks to catch passes from Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, they already have a tight end conundrum over there. But uh, back to Irv Smith, it, it, it wasn't too long ago that Kirk Cousin uh, made uh, Jordan Reed the, the number one or number two tight end that season. So yeah. if uh, people remember the uh, the tight end connection that he had, that could, that could be Irv Smith this season. Yeah, that, that's true. So um, tying it all together, what, what does this mean? Who should we be targeting? Well, I, I pulled up some of the, uh, the top QB1s since it looks like those were the guys that ele- elevate their um, tight ends. So, of course, we got Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes as our overall quarterback, um, and they're throwing passes to uh, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. So we don't really need to spend too much time talking about them. So who's who's another top quarterback? Well, we don't have to go too much further down the list to find Dak Prescott, and he's going to be throwing balls to Blake Jarwin. Uh, so a few notes on on Blake Jarwin. Uh, like we all know, Jason Witten, he he did it again. It, well, I don't know if you knew this. Did you know he finished as a tight end one again? Was he the tight end twelve? Yeah, he, uh, he was number eleven. 
Okay. But so just barely finished. Very, but, very respectable for a guy who just came back from retirement. Yeah. And I wasn't planning on doing much of a uh, Jason Witten quiz, but I'll, I'll quiz you on one more thing. Uh, do you know how many times last season he had less than four targets per game? Once? Yep. Only once. Uh, so he had 83 total targets. So that, that's pretty dang consistent. So that's about four to six targets a game, uh, considering a handful of those games were four target games, uh, which means if we break those 83 into 16 games, he was getting about five per game. Well, Blake Jarwin was still getting targeted, and so was Randall Cobb. So uh, both Cobb and Jason Witten are out of the equation. Uh, they just signed Amari Cooper to a big deal, so I don't think they'll be bringing in any other competition. Uh, in the last two seasons, Blake Jarwin has put together back-to-back 75% catch seasons, averaging over 11 yards per reception. So if we give him, if we if we bump him up to about 100 targets, if he comes down with 75% of those at, let's say, even just 10 yards per catch, he's going to have that 750-yard uh, breakout season. And, and that, that's kind of what we're looking for. So do you have any, any thoughts on Blake Jarwin? No, I, I, li- I like that, uh, um, the, uh, the role that he's going to be, be given. It, he was, like, like you were saying, competing with, with Jason Wooden last season. And now that you don't even have to worry about Jason Wooden coming out of retirement and going back to Dallas, now that he's in Oakland, um, there's going to be no chance of Jason Wooden stealing any more targets from, from Jarwin. So I, th- I think 2020 is the, the year of the jar. Yeah, well, and so speaking of Jason Witten going to the Raiders, you and I had a conversation about this a few days ago, but Darren Waller had his breakout season, but we just went over all the successful things that Jason Witten did. Uh, We see that Derek Carr elevated Jared Cook the previous season, and then Darren Waller. So I I think we both agree Darren Waller takes a hit, as silly as it sounds, but on this Jason Witten sign, don't you think? Yeah, I I think uh, it, it's it's pretty pretty early, but I think uh, Darren Waller could be this year's Eric Ebron, where uh, Ebron had that breakout season two years ago, uh, and then he he was battling for for targets with with Jack Doyle all last season. Now that Jason Wooden's in Oakland and Foster Moreau has been a red zone target when healthy, I think I think that's going to make things very messy and. Darren Waller's uh, season of being a, a tight end one, I think will will come or. I, I think that will be his, his only season as a tight end one. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. So one last guy I wanted to talk about, uh, we've got Matt Ryan as our dynasty uh, QB 11. So he's just inside that QB one range uh, and Hayden Hurst, of, of course, stepping in now as the tight end one. So we talked about that uh, important catch rate of 75% or higher. And he, he did post above 75% at uh, Baltimore this last season, also averaging over 11 yards per catch. Um, so what's exciting about this is he's not competing with another tight end uh, like he was in Baltimore, of course. But also the Falcons uh, just let Mohamed Sanu, uh, well, they traded him out to New England at the end of last season. And Sanu w- was actually averaging about 90 targets per season uh, the last four years in Atlanta. So that opens up a lot of opportunity. And I I don't know how much more of that can go to Julio or Calvin Ridley. I, I love both those guys, uh, but it's it's not just the two-headed monster out there. I think Matt Ryan's pretty good at spreading the ball. Uh, so I, I think Hayden Hurst definitely has a, a tight end one opportunity 
uh, finish. If, if he can stay healthy, that's always kind of been his, his thing. Um, and lastly on Hurst, I, I, I believe with tight ends, draft capital is pretty big and the Ravens took him in the first and they ended up not, not really needing his services, but the Falcons gave up a second for him. And I don't think um, with all the, the defensive needs that the Falcons have, I don't think they could really afford to just give away a second round pick if they wanted a, a blocking tight end. So I think Hayden Hurst is going to come in and be that move tight end uh, r- right off the bat on day one. Yeah, I, I, I like everything that you said, just just to piggyback off, off things we've already said. So he was, he was a first round pick, so he's got that draft capital. Um, uh, clearly a very talented tight end. And uh, I think with uh, with Julio and, and Calvin Ridley also being first round picks, that just how how talented they're going to be um, as wide receivers, that they can run a lot of crossing routes and leave everything else open in the field for for Hayden Hurst. Um, so I, I think he's he's going to be a very similar tight end to Austin Hooper. He might not finish as as like a top five tight end, but he, he's I think he's equally as talented as, as as Hooper. He can he can go up and make any catch. He, he might not have the, the breakaway speed and uh, be able to get out of the tackles like, like a George Kittle. But I, I think Hayden Hurst could have uh, multiple games of, of getting that, that five to 10 targets that you want out of the, the tight end position. So I think, I think you and me are on the same page with uh, Hurst will probably finish higher than Darren Waller this season. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a pretty close line, but yeah, considering Hurst doesn't have any competition in the middle of the field, I'd, I'd be comfortable uh, going with that well yeah, i know we talked about uh keeping the the shows short so let's uh let's let's do some more tight end talk on the next show uh, but i just wanted to tell you about the giveaway that we're doing so we've been giving away some pre-workout and some amino acids so we're gonna switch it up a little bit this is still gonna help your dietary needs and it's, it's not gonna affect you in a bad way at the gym uh, but we're gonna be giving away some smart sweets uh gummies so the these uh this company, if uh, you just think of some of your favorite candies, some of your favorite gummies, um, they have the same. Uh, they've got Swedish Fish. They have the Sour Bears. They've got Regular Bears. So so pretty much anything that, that you might be craving uh, when you're trying to uh, do those in-home workouts these days. So uh, we're going to be giving those away. Tom, what do you think, uh, what do you think the qualifier should be? Well, now that we're... Uh just over three weeks away from the the rookie draft i think uh the the april giveaway should be um where does jonathan taylor end up and i think most people are are kind of on on board now that he's going to be the the first um running back selected and a lot of people want to see him go to the texans or the bucks Um, but there's a chance that he could he could get selected by the titans and be the the next derrick henry where he has he has to wait a couple of years to, to get that uh that bell call uh role so um Give us your uh, your best uh, guess of uh, where uh, Jonathan Taylor's going to end up. Yeah, and that'll be that. that I think that's a good uh, competition to put out for this this month. We got a lot of uh, different entries for the previous month, but I've literally seen Jonathan Taylor uh, mocked to pretty much every single team. Uh, people people say they want to see him in the with the Forty ers because of what he can do in space. And then, of course, he's being mocked to the to the Chiefs. So pretty much every playoff team, even the Ravens, uh, people are, are projecting him going there. And the caveat is they always say if he drops to the second round, and I don't see him dropping to the second round. I think he's going to go top 25. 
Uh, if I had to predict, I, I think I want to go with, with the Dolphins. I think there's a really good opportunity for him to come in and make an impact right away. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Where do you think he goes? Uh, yeah, well, like you're saying, he, he's he's been mocked so many places. I, I, I The only place I'd be surprised is is if Dallas took him. <laughs> Any, anywhere else I could, I could, I could, could see even, even, even the Jaguars. I know that um, it's kind of a question mark. What's going to happen with, with uh, Leonard Fournette this season or the season after that. So, so maybe they're even looking to, to get their next running back this season. Yeah. So I think I heard you say if, if Jonathan Taylor goes to the Cowboys, you're, you're uh, buying a lifetime supply of gummies for all the listeners. I, I, I will do that. <laughs> all right. Let's uh let's hope for a, a Zeke season ending injury now. Yeah. Um yeah. Well you got any, any other workout um things you want to hit on before we finish up? Well, during this uh uh coronavirus, I I I don't think I'm the only one uh packing on on uh the pounds right now. And uh for for those of you out there that are limited to um your uh your gym time for me, I, I can only work out when I'm at the fire station since our uh uh, personal gym is, is closed. Um, I'm, I'm only, um, doing, doing full body three times a week. And if you're looking to, um, add size and strength, look no further than, um, the old school bodybuilder, Reg Park, his, uh, five by five workout plan. So that's, that's what I've, uh, I've always gone back to when I'm, when I'm feeling a little bit weak in the gym, want to put on a little bit of muscle. So it's just five lifts and it's five, sets of five reps um so it's it the the entire workout itself takes less than 45 minutes and if you uh if you really push the the weight close to 100 percent for your um your, your max in there then um you'll you'll definitely see the results all right cool hey well till next time keep it flexy